Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the dudley boys, mm-hmm. Michael Sidgwick from What Culture. Look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, mm-hmm. where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show, Formula Young is NXT 2. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision, and I suppose in part, tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. Yes, indeed. I've heard so many great things about this trio's match. Top Flight, Action Andretti versus uh, Penta, Commander, and Vikingo. Apparently, it's absolutely out of this world. Mm. Um, by all accounts, the fans were so up for it and they were like whipped into such a frenzy that they didn't know which chant to do. This is awesome, fight forever, holy sh. Apparently there's just one after another of these chants. And if you look at the talent involved, you've got a pretty, you know, firm idea of how the match is going to go. But I'm really interested because I subjectively feel like I have seen that genre. Like, you know, if you're not going to be able to do, like, I don't know, quintuple flip rotations mm. into Poison Rana's, which you can't. Surely that's physical impossible. Give it 10, 15 years yeah. if you look at the evolution. I'm just wondering how great it can be. I'm jazzed. Like, can I get into a match in that particular style as much as I could something like... uh the Young Bucks Lucha Bros matches when they were incredible mm. about two years ago. Like some of the absolute best PWG matches of that ilk. Like, did you ever see the one with um can't even remember who's in it? I think it was Cole and the Bucks versus Ricochet, Seidel, and Osprey from yeah. PWG in twenty sixteen. Like, it's got to be better than that. At the finish of that is absolutely unbelievable. That match is great. It's a bit on on commentary, right? Where uh, Osprey when he was like in dorky baby face, he's kind of evolved as a performer, what he really has. Um, there's a bit when he was just a bit of a, just a bit geeky. Mm. And he does this spot in this 2016 PWG match where he does something cool and he looks at the camera and uh, this is an audio podcast. So he sticks his thumb up and goes, <laughs> his tongue out and Chuck Taylor on commentary says how he looks like a dick. <laughs> so that's uh, I, that was a by the by thing. I was really excited about, can this hit me in the soul? Mm. Can this, like, really just make me audibly lose my mind? 
I just want to see how great this match is. Yeah. Supposedly meant to be. So I... Uh, not going to set my alarm. Do you want to know why I'm Wilborn? Why I'm not going to set my alarm for this rampage. Oh, my, my body just wakes me up at 4 a.m. every day. <laughs> 4 a.m. every day. Like, it used to be 5. Now it's 4. What are you doing? <laughs> Obviously, I have old man pisses in the night. Well, yeah. an old man piss in the night. And then that happens at 4. And I'm like, oh, I'll get back to sleep now. Mm. Anyway. But you've got lots to look forward to. This weekend, because not only have you got, obviously, Rampage, as you say, but also AW Collision with some more matches in the goated Blue League of the Continental Classic. Yeah, and some of them look unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I often write, you know, hyperbolic titles for these matches, or, you know, and I have for certain stuff. I've said, will Eddie Kingston's hot streak continue? Obviously, defeating Claudio last week. Now he's got Daniel Garcia that all of a sudden it looks a lot rosier if he gets a win again on Saturday night. And then sometimes I just go, I'll just write Brody King versus Brian Danielson because you don't need to write anything for that, really, do you? No. Um, bad enough to face Brody King. When you've got an eye injury, it's twice as bad. Oh, Christ, I, I Let's go match by match by match. Brody versus Danielson first. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I absolutely cannot wait for this. Brody has got so many cool... I'm not saying he's just like a spot guy, but he's got loads of cool spots. Mm-hmm. Um, at least two of which can really tie into Brian Danielson's injury record, which itself will fuel uh, Nigel McGuinness to get giddy. He's class, Nigel McGuinness. What a turnaround in my uh, perception of him as a commentator. I mean, Murray, like Total Marks, we've been, we've looked, we were texting each other the night of the bracketology thing. I can't remember what they called it, but the the YouTube reveal of who was going to be in each league. And we were like, oh my, Danielson versus Brody King. All right, great. It's going to be absolutely exceptional. Um, he can't wait for that match. Um, I can't wait for it either. And then we were talking about it yesterday morning. Like, oh, it's coming. It's happening. And I fantasy booked a spot where, remember the finish to the first uh, Royal Rampage? Mm. The first of that illustrious tradition. I'm, not, I'm, I'm a dickhead. It's, it's quite fun. <laughs> where he beats Darby Allen by dangling him slash hanging him over the ropes, just dropping him. Mm. Do that to Danielson. This man has had neck problems throughout his entire career. They can remind you of this on commentary. Like, what a count-out tease that could be. Um, I think Brody's been booked really well in this tournament to the point where it's not a formality. I mean, I think it kind of is. Mm. I think Danielson's going to win, but he's been booked so well. And Danielson's just so great in general. And what a time to have him have his first loss in the Continental Classic Mm. just ahead of this match against this monster. They could do a great count-out tease with that. Um, the Gonzo bomb near fall could be one for the ages because we know that's a head and neck drop and Danielson's, Danielson has had extensive injury problems with both. Like, I don't want to map out a Danielson match. I don't want to fantasy book the whole thing. That's kind of what we do on these previews to a point, but it's Danielson. It's probably going to be better than my idea. But one idea you could do to make it like super dramatic is that Brody King fights with a bit of honour at the start. Um, honour has just sparked within me a memory of how great Danielson is against bigger opponents, namely, um, the hell's he called, man? Morishima. Yeah. Now, those matches were just insanely good. Um, so we know the template exists for yet more brilliance on collision tomorrow night. Um, but I, Brody King, could fight with honour. He could like basically be like a brutal arsehole and just chin spark out Danielson the whole time. But then, what if the Gonzo bomb 
just doesn't get it. You get a 2.999 a kick out from Danielson. And then Brody King's, oh, I'm just going to go for your eye then. Yeah. You just when you think, oh, he somehow survived that onslaught, he's going to go for the eye. Um, and the best thing about Danielson is that he's so good at kicking people's asses. That's what wrestling's all about. He's so good at people kicking people's asses, and he's going to have to um, draw from himself, like, a real, even for his standards, like, a massive amount of, like, intensity and brutality and stiffness. Otherwise, like, Brody King will demand it. Mm. So if I'm probably not going over and you're beating me, it's the same with Andrade. Like, kick the sh out of me <laughs> to make this look realistic and yeah. to protect me. And Danielson is maybe unparalleled at kicking, sorry, close together, the sh out of people. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Just weird. Like imagine being Danielson. Just people are thinking, right? This this is like below four and a half. Uh, I still could have been better. I still remember your giddiness coming into the office to talk about Daniel Bryan working Brock Lesnar. And oh my god! Yeah, style that he'd uh, come up with. This is gonna kick ass. Yeah, it's gonna be absolutely awesome. So who are you going for for the victory? Danielson. Danielson. But I've got the one percent of doubt, and that is the uh, byproduct of really good tournament booking. And I, to a certain extent, it's a bit of a stretch. You can remind us of the fact that Breaking did just lose because he got dropped headfirst onto an exposed yeah. turnbuckle, and it's only been a couple of days or well, three days after that. But but yeah, I think it's going to be obviously a show stealer. But you've also got. Claudio versus Andrade, and Andrade looks unstoppable right now. Top of the group, no losses, three wins. It's funny, right? There's been this endless philosophical debate all year about pro wrestling versus sports entertainment, and I've tried not to dwell on it too much because I'm exhausted by mm. it, as I think a lot of people are. Um, but ultimately, what you have done, or what Tony Khan has done in this tournament, is booked a framework to promote matches in which every win and loss matters and the audience knows they're all like vis like stakes visually represented with these incredibly easily followed um, <laughs> group tables, incidentally. Yes. And because you can see, right, that wrestler needs a win. Oh, Christ, that wrestler's on fire. Look at how many wins they've got. I can see nine points as it's already yeah. so far. Andre, Andre, Andrade El Idolo winning three professional wrestling matches when wins and losses are, you are told that wins and losses matter. He's won three of them. Andrade El Idolo, within this framework, winning three matches has, oh my God, I cannot believe it. My brain is going to have to take a while to process this. Um, Earth-shattering development has got really over as a result. <laughs> and people are now campaigning for him to stay in AEW to get more of this version of Andrade in the years to come because he's won three, just three, yeah. wrestling matches on the bounce that you have been told to take seriously because the stakes are going somewhere. Mm -hmm. There are probably, right, countless AEW wrestlers in 2023, who have won three matches in relatively quick succession, even if it's over the course of a month, or even if it's two months or three, and they've won more than they've lost, the framework of wins and losses mattering in the sports-based presentation is having a positive effect on the careers of people in this tournament. Bring back the goddamn ranking system. As for the match quality, um... 
this should be really quite excellent. Certainly the ceiling is really, really, really high for this. Um, I'm, like, I overthink things, right? That has, uh, you know, good and bad sort of ramifications on my ability as a critic, right? If I think about things deeply, hopefully that means I can get insights um, that other people can't. Mm-hmm. But if I take it too far, which I'm prone to do at times, then I just let other things influence my the way I like sort of take seriously the fiction or how I receive it. Knowing what you kind of know about Andrade, the man is like very much not shy about expressing <laughs> his opinions about where he is and where he's at and who he'd rather work for maybe. Like that kind of like, removes me from the Andrade El Idolo character on television, you know fine well. Well, you don't know fine well. You suspect yeah. that if Tony Khan went, do you want to go to WWE? If you do, I'll let you out your contract. He would go, yes, please. So it's hard for me to invest in the television character of Andrade El Idolo when the man behind that character doesn't feel like he's there. And maybe, you know, it's weird. Like, he's an independent contractor. Right, he's a human being with his own agency. Maybe it's no bad thing that he would just rather be somewhere else. And I'm not being funny. He's not. It's been a weird bit of like his performance and the book and just like oil and water. Um, but at the same time, there is that element where I do find it difficult to invest in Andrade matches in AEW when I suspect he's not long for the promotion. Mm, yeah. so my investment is capped a little bit on that basis. Um, but purely from an in-ring perspective. This is the sort of match that would be like if it was merely good, it would be it would come as quite a shock mm. and a disappointment. Like disappointing and good can often mean the same thing when the standard is as high as it is, like globally in wrestling right now, but certainly in AEW. But I the ceiling for this is tremendous. Like they're gonna hit each other really incredibly hard, obviously. Um I hope there's this and I'm feeling it as well that there is this sense of we want to steal the night. Mm. We want to have the yes. best match. And the good thing, and the best thing about AEW, and again, we take this for granted, I'm guilty of taking it for granted, is that that generally is the idea. Mm. And I'll always be grateful that a promotion does that. So I can't really get a grasp on what the story would be. Um, and, you know, one thing that might hurt the heat and the atmosphere is that Andrade isn't necessarily 100% babyface and that age-old problem with the BCC. It's like, what are you? Heels, tweeners, babyfaces. And it's mainly tweeners, and that to me is so dull. You can do it perfectly well. Hamman Page, for example, in 2020, I guess, was a bit like a tweener, or at least certainly wasn't defined. Mm. He always had doubts about where the character could go. This BCC stuff... I just get alienated by it. So I do worry about the atmosphere, um, but happily, they will hit each other so goddamn hard that it ru- the character dynamics won't necessarily matter. It'll be pure mm. action. So who wins? What's Claudio on point It's got to be Claudio wins, because otherwise I'm fairly certain Andrade's basically in the final. Yeah, I think Claudio will win this. You need to add a little bit of heat to Claudio Danielson as well. It, it annoys me when people performatively go, I just don't understand the, the layout or the group or, or why you're making me do... Ma- Come on. You know, ma- if you're a fan of any other sport, you have to do math. You have to do math? Like... Uh, uh, will my team make it to the NFL playoffs? Will yeah. my team make it to the Stanley Cup or whatever? It doesn't matter. Yeah, permutations. If my math, stats, yeah. math drives like not just actual sport, 
but sporting fandom, like FPL. Yeah, FPL is an abbreviation, if you don't know, for Fantasy Premier League. And yes, I know we're kind of overdoing it with the football analogies, the soccer analogies are yeah. present, but um, just bear with me very quickly. So at the start of every Premier League season, people say, oh, I'm not going to do this again. And then it's mm. so much fun for a while that they do it again. You, are, you pick a squad of 14 players, mm-hmm. and there's 11 on a team, so you have three more on the bench or four? Four, including keeper. So 15. Yeah. A squad of 15, and you've got a certain... You've got a budget for 100 million, and the players are obviously the best players. Like the best one goes for 14, Haaland. Yeah. And there's an average of, I don't know, about four, five, or six. And you've got to make your team at the very start. You then have to think of the permutations. You've got to think of, right, okay, I need certain players to. Uh, there are the certain players you have to have because they are going to get points. And if you don't have them, the people you're in competition with in these fan leagues are going to rack up more points than you. Like if you don't have Erling Haaland, he's like the top goal scorer. Mm. Um, well, he was last year. Um, and he's the most expensive player. You kind of have to have him. Otherwise, other people are just going to get points at your expense and yeah. you'll never catch them up. So you've got to get those players in. Then the rest, it's like, well, who has got the most generous set of fixtures next. Mm-hmm. Which new signing is going to flop or going to succeed? There's just so many things to think about. Like the next, he's going to get that many points from this many fixtures. It's different from like an NFL draft because you change it weekly. I know you can do changes to your NFL teams when you do it with your mates, but I feel like that's more of a drawn out process like sometimes you're there on a Tuesday and I've got to do this now because then they've got a game tonight and then a game on Saturday FPL is huge in this country fantasy football is my understanding is that it's absolutely enormous in America there is precedent for this thing to work and in fact people kind of wanted this when they were buying into the original AEW vision like deep statistical driving uh, deep stats and driving storylines and all the rest of it and the ranking system yes and quality of competition and all the rest of it, like, they struck upon something really novel and, you know, the rankings didn't really work out as intended. It's a shame because I think it was a flawed but wonderful and crucial concept. Um, but I, I just, it's just people who just watch WWE and have got no awareness of how anything else works or, in fact, has the potential to work. But if my math is correct... And mine isn't, so please get me right, Wilborn. You're excellent at maths. Always, you're my uh, guru. I try, I try. If we, hey, it's effortless. If we go, so everyone will be on for last last uh, matches next week for both sides. Obviously, um, Andrade would be on nine, three and one. Booked Danielson to beat Brody. Yeah, yeah. Danielson would be on nine. Brody would be on six. Claudio would be on six. Eddie would be on six. Uh, Sorry, Daniel Garcia, you're going to lose yeah. tonight. But uh, actually, well, let's talk about it now, actually. Kingston Garcia, you need King- Kingston going into the final week with at least an opportunity. Of to course, make it to I, the final. so he has to go for Garcia. And we've covered this extensively. Garcia can lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. Show a little bit more battle spirit identity each time. And, that it, and in fact, that is how it's played out. He's literally got the trunks back on. Hopefully that continues. Mm. Like, Visually, he just looks like a wrestler when he wears trunks, <laughs> and obviously that's the idea. Yeah. Um, but I want him to... Maybe it would be interesting if he goes back to the trousers knowing... Well, f- not knowing, but feeling 
I failed against my hero and he spat on my face. I'm no pro wrestler. I have to wear the trousers. In fact, I've worked myself into thinking if he puts the trunks on, I think it'll be a bad character choice. Um, but we'll see. Kingston and Garcia. Well, Garcia, uh, Kingston has to win, in my opinion. He just kind of has to win mm, altogether. Yes. Um, they've had two matches, right, on Rampage. The first of which was just unbelievable. The second, I think, went a bit long, of the, long in the tooth. They had to um, cut it heavily on Rampage, and you could still feel the structure and how it was paced without knowing, without seeing the full match, if that makes any sense at all. My only, genuinely, my only worry here um, about the match quality is that with Collision being the way it is and how much they like to, there's always one match that feels it goes a bit long. This might suffer from it, but, you know, they could probably do a 30-minute match, mm. and it'd be great, so maybe they're unfounded. But I know... Well, I like the panic of Eddie Kingston down to the final minute or two. You can't draw this one, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, and just having to throw an hurricane out there. Yeah. It could be desperate, urgent. Uh, what I like as well about this particular dynamic is that um, often Daniel Garcia wrenches back too much on the... Yeah. His finish. Submission, like the sharpshooter, yeah. basically. And he gets sort of undone by, well, if not necessarily superior, but more experienced technical wrestlers who can grab that head and know how to adjust their body. Da uh, Eddie's not a technical guy, like, at all, really, in his character anyway. So I think you can get a lot out of that spot uh, for some drama at the finish as well. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries, or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com Slash what culture? Now, the the Continental Classic has, has been part of this resurgence for AEW, and the 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 viewing figures, whilst not you know blow away, have sort of steadied for AEW. 
But I did want to talk to you today in particular about this whole TV deal chat that that uh, is, is doing the rounds. Obviously, um, Media Rights comes up midway, halfway towards, towards the end of next year. Raw's TV deal, October 2024, expires, I believe. Uh, and now there's talk uh, today, or it has been over the last few days, that there have at least been talks. I know Tony said in the media call for uh, Final Battle that he already ch- chatted to some WBD executives, but there's been discussions that uh, TKO representatives, uh, Nick Khan, uh, Triple H, they're talking to, to Warner as well. How are you feeling about all that? A bit unsettled, to yeah. be perfectly honest. I've not tweeted about this. Because there are certain people, no, you know, that's vague speaking, and I'm annoyed by their vague speaking. Matt Coon, mm. um, really, really, just, just the worst genre of tweeting of all time. Like, oh, I want AEW to succeed. I've just, I've know something you don't know. It's like, dear, he's polluting the whole fucking thing. It's an absolute swamp. It's your fucking sewage making it bad. Um. And that's like playing dumb. I'm not trying to say, well, what do you think? you got a f***ing brain in your head. Of course, people are going to get unsettled by it. Mm. Of course, people want the alternative to succeed. Did you not live through the last 20 years? It was <laughs> Nobody wants that. And this vague tweeting, and Melter did it as well. Yeah. Melter did it as well. I was like, oh, well, what do you want people to think? It says an, an, an uncertainty. Um, I don't know what was said in these meetings. Nobody knows what was said in these meetings. Um, I it's just this, this atmosphere of doubt and uncertainty has been cultivated, and uh, it's just more. It's you're doing this, and you're creating this kind of like, oh, it's not good feeling amongst lots and lots of people who just want this promotion to succeed. Because, God damn it, in this horrific world, it's that escapist fun yes, yes. every few hours a week. And just to be an arsehole, and just to do that, I know something you don't know, and just be a clout goblin. You're creating this atmosphere. And to be fair, you know, WBD are well within their rights in this pretty nasty capitalist world. No loyalty. Mm. doesn't matter. Like We build a great relationship with WBD. We've got the sentimental... Relationship. We name the titles after their stations. It doesn't matter. We're gonna get the best money deal for them. And WWE. They like punk. Yeah. yeah, they like punk. W, uh, WWE is gonna get the best money deal for them. And if they can do that and cut the knees off AEW, well, there's happy days for them. There's double pop. <laughs> um, the good news for me is that AEW is number one a lot of weeks. Mm. Top five virtually every single week. Um, it never ends. It's not like a limited series. It's not even like, you know, just a cable TV series where I think it starts in the fall and then summer season takes it. I don't fucking know. Mm. I'm a yank. But you get it every single week. Um, it's, n- it's not that expensive to produce. It doesn't have the biggest budget. Like wrestlers are drastically underpaid mm-hmm. um, everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. It's historically always been the case. And AW is a property that has proven itself capable of drawing strong enough ratings. And it's not just ratings. It's um, advertising and sponsors. Like, that has been, as Dave Meltzer once wrote, and I quoted him in my book, um, since the dawn of time, 
the biggest struggle wrestling has ever faced is to be taken seriously in the TV landscape and specifically in advertising industry that has historically viewed wrestling fans as low-income thickles who can't afford to buy all the fancy Dane products. You won't get like a car advert and all the rest of it. So that is a concern. But the good news, or the bad news, depending on your interpretation of this, is uh, <laughs> if one wrestling promotion that isn't WWE can continue to flourish in this TV landscape, it's AEW. Yes. If that fails, shut it down if you don't like the Fed. Yeah. Because you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those where we talked about... I want to say, sorry, one more thing, because I know a lot of people have been a little bit bummed out mm -hmm. or like, unsettled by this news. I think AEW will be fine. Yes. For whatever that's worth, I'm more of a critic of the art form rather than like a really learned person about the business. I'll take what I can get from your Meltzers and your Brandon Thurstons. And yes. I'm very, very happy and grateful that their work exists to sort of drive my and inform my opinion, I would go to them for that. You want a review of a wrestling match? Come to me. Yes. Yeah, I... Uh, we were talking about this on the news today, me and Andy, and I was thinking, even if WWE gets the deal with, with Warner, like, AEW's still a great prospect for a variety of other channels. There's, there's guaranteed to be other opportunities out there. This is going to be a domino effect that will affect, you know, all the other stuff. I know, obviously, NXT's going to the CW or whatever... But it'd be, it'd be surprising that the relationship would end. But like you say, this is business. It is business, yeah. Um, I didn't even consider as well, Andy pointed out, that in theory, if there is not a stipulation in the contract, you could have both. You could have Raw and Dynamite <laughs> both being on water. It's not going to happen, probably, that. But that would be just amazing, because I could just picture... Well, the action's going great, but if you're looking forward to more action, don't forget Wednesday night, yeah. Dynamite. Like, I say, huh? like... I compared that to when uh, Cole had to introduce Matt Hardy's thing from, like, the compound. Do you remember what Vince was in here going, just tell people this is bollocks before we even get into it? Because, anyway, whatever this is, we're throwing to the Hardy compound. That, that, that would be them selling for the opposition. Oh, right, um, what the word they used was obnoxious. That's clearly fed to Michael Cole. What you're about to see is obnoxious. I'm like, put it on the TV then. <laughs> yeah. All the, most of the show was obnoxious at that time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't be... Overly, I wouldn't be losing sleep about something like this, but I, I really thought it was fascinating to ask you about that. Uh, speaking of things that I've been intrigued to talk to you about in terms of the news this week, Athena, obviously working um, ROH final battle tonight, Billy Starks, long tenured feud um, in our lists of best wrestlers of the year, most underrated wrestlers of the year, Athena. Uh, really carved out a great niche for herself in ROH. Now the talk is her potentially returning to AEW, where she herself admitted didn't go great initially there. Would you like to see her? Yes. A performer with that ability, that incredible motivation level, how many raves she has received for her awesome work. Going into a division that has continued to flounder, really, the odd success story aside, continue to have minimal representation, parity, care going into it. Like, it's like the star player wants to go to the pretty rubbish team and make them better. What manager in the world, if you're like... Sorry, it's more football stuff. It's more sports stuff. But, you know, that's kind of what wrestling is. Yeah. 
Yeah, near the relegation zone. Near the AEW Women's Division. You've kind of been in the relegation zone for several years. Mm. Right, okay. Um, Mainly because the other teams get to play more games than you. Yeah, yes! Exactly! Hey! I'm just giving oh, you sorry. a fist bump. Sorry. <laughs> Hung over, dick. <laughs> just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Yeah, great. You've done a great job, to be fair, all things considered on this podcast. Relegation haunted team. You're not very good. You uh, play less, fewer games than everybody else. Um, you haven't got the best squad. It's pretty inexperienced. Mm-hmm. You're going from your academy. Uh, good news. It's inexplicable, actually, <laughs> because you are Sheffield United. Yeah. And you're the chairman. He's got a call. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Hello. My name is Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Hi, Pep. What are you ringing me for? Uh, I, I want to manage your team. What? <laughs> oh, and I've had, I've, had a, uh, I've had a word with them. Erling Holland. Ever heard of him? <laughs> he wants to come and score you loads of goals, right? Ah, okay. Um, better idea. How about Erling Holland goes on Honor Club for a year? <laughs> very true. Uh, what? No, no, no. Did I stutter? Yeah. I said, how about Erling Holland goes on Honor Club for a year? Yeah, okay, I'll see you later then. Why would that phone call ever happen? <laughs> Why is Athena not being on AEW television the whole time? Yeah. I understand the counter-argument. I'm being a little bit facetious on a Friday. Is that she is so good, like so good, that she has that champion ace ability to elevate people to her level. Hence, this Billy Starks match. If you know, it's the ultimate if you know, you know match. Yeah. If you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know. If you care, you care. This is pretty awesome, right? And the idea is that she can, Athena can... Winner, 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 win. Everyone she wrestles gets a little bit better each time. How much does this actually work, right? Think about it. You think, all right, okay, hot young wrestler. You know what we should do as part of our AEW business model since October 2019, put them in a stable with that star. Their guidance can rub off on them. You can have a storyline with that younger guy and work that senior experienced star. Like, it's, it's Chris Jericho. Time and time again, it just hasn't worked. You put Wheeler Utah with the Blackpool Combat Club. He's actually less over mm. than he was. Mm. Th- like, in that five-second magical moment after the match of the year with John Moxley, and he wrote BCC and blood on his chest, he was that was the, that was the most over he's ever been. Yeah. This system is the nicest idea. I'm sure it works in sort of like... Weird ways off screen that we don't see. I mean, I've never seen it on screen, so does it actually work mm. that often? Just uh, get Erling Haaland off on a club and <laughs> score some goals. The f- division that needs it. So, is, does that answer your question? Yes. I, I, one final thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I, d- I feel bad doing this because we had a lovely day yesterday. Really enjoyed it. You smashed everyone to pieces on Mario. I was going to say it was a bit of a winning day. When um, what culture wrestling's Michael Sidgwick? That's right. Enters a Mario Kart tournament involving several members of What Culture Gaming on a console that I have never once played in my life. Really, with a control pad that has never 
been encased by these fingers and hands. GameCube, wasn't it? GameCube. Yeah. Never played a GameCube in my life. Nope. That was the one... I've missed two generations of Nintendo, right? In my time as a gamer. Mm. Very brief, by the way. I barely play games. <laughs> Mr. SNES. But I went back. Mr. Wii, but I went back and got them. Never touched the GameCube because the catalog wasn't as good as the SNES or the Wii. Mm -hmm. And even though I know the how to play Mario Kart, they're all the same pretty much, give or take, mechanically in terms of what you can do. I kicked all the races. It was a joy to watch. I was unlucky enough to be drawn in the opening round alongside uh, Michael Sidgwick and uh, a variety of other people across what culture. Uh, and shout out to the guys at Four Quarters, by the way. They did a brilliant place to check out. In the middle really, of the, the service was unbelievable. I had a really great time there. Um, and I, I, I talked about this on the SmackDown uh, preview earlier. There will be a photo slash video going out later because whilst me and Sidge were playing like Tony Hawk for a bit or doing a bit of pinball or Sega Rally Championship and then subsequently uh, playing this What Culture N60 uh, uh, GameCube tournament for uh, Mario Kart. Michael Hufflet was just playing WrestleFest. All the tokens we got given. WrestleFest. Every time WrestleFest. I was going to go for a pizza. Oh, my beer's over there. I'll have a sip of that. And like because of the way this bar, it's like an arcade bar. You've always got like, there's a machine everywhere. So it's like, right, this chat with this person has come to a natural end. Uh, that's going to lose on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I'm going to play some Time Crisis 3. Yeah. And you just pot around, re-enter chats, right? Well, I'm going to play another game. Every time I looked, I beer, pizza, um, I'm going to go on Street Fighter. Uh, this game's broke. I'm not winning on it. What's going on? Hamlet was just putting these quarters, just uh, <laughs> WrestleFest, playing Royal Rumble over and over and over again. Like, what an utter gimmick. <laughs> but I want a bottle of Prosecco and an Amazon voucher. Did you? Oh, I forgot about the Amazon part. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah, so I Very got... nicely, it was 20 quid. So I've said, Francis, is there anything you want for tenner? <laughs> That's good of you. I did this for our family. <laughs> um, but I, was, I, I went from competitor to cheerleader by the end. I was like, keep going, Sage, home straight, baby. On like the third lap or whatever. Honestly, I was like, oh, honestly, man, I was like Damon Hill on those first two courses in the final. I was just that one where everyone kept, there was like a really tight corner. Uh, and you were just, it, you, you were the only one I didn't see go off. Just drifting like an absolute f***ing pro. That's what I was doing. So, right, uh, there's your steak, now here comes your vegetables. Yesterday, you had what I can only describe as a tour de force uh, rant, re the Golden Jets promo. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to ask you to <laughs> Oh, okay, again. thank you. But I do want to get your thoughts on something, because I was reading Reddit, good luck everyone, earlier, and on Squared Circle, literally one of the top things, it's had over a thousand upvotes, is a post that simply reads... It's time we take a break from Chris Jericho. Uh -huh. yeah. I think that's fair. I think it's totally fair. I think it's totally fair. Like, taking away people's subjective feelings about Chris Jericho out of the equation, right? Tackling this sort of thing more generally, wrestling, and we've, it's not just for the performer's health, right? Even when it's good, even when it's great, needs an off-season. Yes. One hugely, I think, under-mentioned element of this freezing over, that's probably hyperbole, this just flattening of AEW and interest in it. And you can hear it in the crowds. You can sort of sense it in your own gut. It ain't as hot as it was, right? You can look and listen, right? 
You use your literal senses, and you can see it just ain't as hot as it once was, right? Sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. Mm. There just isn't. Like, the booking obviously isn't as good as it was. There are wrestlers in that promotion who aren't as big a star as they used to be, Chris Jericho. <laughs> but that's John Moxley as well. Mm, yeah. Um, Four years is a long time, and it's so easy to get bored after four years of non-stop, often multiple different shows per week. There's a natural point at which you watch these shows, and it's like you can't possibly feel the same way as you did in 2021 or whatever. So that is a big, big... This is why, right, WWE ruined it all. And they kind of had to. Someone had to do it. And Vince McMahon in the 80s was clever enough to be the one. This can't exist in the post-cable world. Why don't I be the one to kill it? It's going to die off eventually. If I kill it and expand and monopolize, I'll reap the rewards that someone was always bound to get. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was nice. It's just very clever, very yes. shrewd. Um, that's why there used to be a territory system. Because there's something about wrestling. I don't know if it's just a limitation of the form, which can only go in a certain amount of directions and a certain amount of ways. It's a million different jokes you can tell. How many wrestling moves and how many wrestling stories can you tell? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you look at we do a joke, right, about banter and paste, <laughs> how different are jokes now, right, and what people find funny now like, some of the stuff you see on Twitter is just so bizarre, but funny in a way I can't even articulate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Compare the, the weirdest dank meme, <laughs> like, weird Twitter tweet to Faulty Towers. Like, the, the evolution of comedy is so vast. There is so much you can do with mm. it. With wrestling, how many stories can you tell? The moves might be different. The pacing might be different. Um, but fundamentally, it's a struggle. It's a story about a good guy trying to evade the cheating of a bad guy or all the rest of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a form. It's quite narrow. I think, and that's stretched further by the fact that it's relentless. It's the only thing that won't go a bloody way for a while. And they used to have this territory system where because this happens everywhere, no matter who you are, Steve Austin in 1998 was the biggest megastar ever. He took almost a year off through injury, and yet in 2000, people were already starting to get bored of him. This happens to the biggest megastar mm -hmm. in wrestling at the time, who, by the way, had incredible range. He was funny, he could kick your ass. Promos, angles, wrestling matches. The guy had it all, and people still got a bit bored of him. It's not even, like, it's what I'm looking for. Not even personal to Chris Jericho. No, no. But it also is. Um, he needs to go away for a while. John Moxley could do with going away for a while. People want him to take the vacation. It's not just a meme. People are like, oh, it would be good if he did. Wrestling just cannot help itself. And now that Chris Jericho is in a position where he's not, like, he's just so influential now mm. that he didn't have that influence to the same degree in WWE. So he was like, all right, okay, I can feel it getting cold. I've got outside interests, Fozzy, mm -hmm. all the rest. Of it. I'll write a book or whatever. I'll do whatever, and I'll come back. Because he gets so much rope in AEW, I just can't see him volunteering to do this, but he needs to do it. Mm. Um, he always prides himself as being on the pulse. I'm trying to tackle this in the most fair way possible. If anything, I think he's sometimes actively detrimental to those around him. Um, I'm not going to go that route unless it gets a lot worse and it's trending that way. Um, purely from the most broad 
entry into this conversation. This happens to every single wrestler all the time. And it's happening really badly with Chris Jericho right now. I hope he follows his own advice. It's not mine. His own advice to go away, take between 6 and 12 months. Maybe because of his age now, he knows he doesn't have that much time Mm. left. And he's less inclined to do this because... And again, I keep going into different conversations here. I'll shut up eventually. Like, one of the big problems, which is weird, no one saw it coming, really, with the AEW schedule is that they say it's better to work three or four times a week than one on your body. Wrestlers have got this weird thing where the the more callous they are, the more they bump, Mm. like, the less they feel susceptible to injury and the less somehow it hurts. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's wrestling biology. I've got no idea. Um, I'm very uninformed on that. But that's what a lot of wrestlers have said. Maybe Chris Jericho's thinking, if I take a year off or however many months off, I'll really start to feel my age. But because I'm in the rhythm of doing it quite often, even at this grand old age of whatever he is, 53, mm. um, it's just easier for him to do it. Maybe in the back of his mind is thinking, it'll be a lot harder for me to not bump for a while and then prepare to do more bumping. I don't know what it is... Um, but if you're Tony Khan, you've got to be thinking, right, this man used to justifiably call himself the demo god. We used to put this man at the top of the hour. It was a joke. Like it was a wasn't it, it was a running joke. It wasn't a joke. It worked. Though, it was yeah. a meme. Like he put top of the hour every single week. It's Jericho time, time for Judas, the demo god. His spikes were there. He was the draw. It's been almost as long now when he's not been a draw, when he's not been special, when he's done so many jobs, mm. like Le Champion feels like, well, it was years ago now, you know? It doesn't feel like years ago. It was years ago. For his own benefit and the benefit of the company, he needs to go away. It's a phrase of, how can I miss you if you won't go away? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, absence makes a heart grow fonder. All of these cliches endure because they are, there's a kernel of truth yeah. in them, or sometimes the whole truth and nothing but the truth <laughs> in the case of Chris Jericho. Well, let us know your thoughts on that and your predictions ahead of uh, AW Collision and AW Rampage, of course, this weekend. Um, you can let us know your thoughts on X at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. The SmackDown preview is available right now. Uh, WrestleCulture coming your way later on today. Me and Sid will be back on Monday going well. to review AEW Collision. But for now, it's been the Collision Preview. My thanks to Cedric, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 